Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. There he is. Hey, what's up, Gene? First of all, Hold on. go Yankees, right? Go, go Yankees. Yeah, well, my, uh, my youngest son is a Mets fan, and my oldest son is a Yankees fan. I'm a Yankee fan, so it's a little tough in our house right now. We were... <laughs> Well, my, my dad's a Yankee fan. Me and my brothers are Mets fans. So oh, we don't go. watch a ton of baseball, but uh, we, we watched it. Our, our dad just watched a lot of Yankee baseball. I watched far more Yankees than Mets, so I got it. I, I pulled Me for too. Them. Me too. That was a great game last night. Great oh, game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So how's everything going? It's good, man. Everything's going good. You know, um, trying to, uh, you know, school just ended, so we're trying to manage uh, the summer and plan things out. We have a little – obviously have more time to train. Um, more time to wrestle with the high school kids now that school's over. And I, my job as a police officer, I work four, four days on, four days off. So um, I can wrestle with the kids when I'm off during the day. So it, it's a really good time for us to uh, – a really good time to train and get better. I mean, it's a perfect time to improve. Absolutely. So the great Joey Ortega, he just jumped, he jumped in there. So his brother was over at the party the other day. Yeah, yeah. Joey's and Joey's one of the high school kids that I get to wrestle with and he's uh he's gonna be a senior next year two-time state qualifier so we're uh, we're looking for uh looking for big things from him uh coming up this year for sure oh yeah we know he's gonna do well so what what is the is there a change in focus once the season ends I'm sure you probably have a lot of guys going to Fargo I guess what's what's the transition look like from the school year to the summer or do you not even look at it like that you know, we don't have as many kids going to Fargo. Um, I wish we had more that were interested in freestyle. I think, um, and I'm not trying to knock, you know, New Jersey wrestling. I think that, I think they do, uh, uh, you know, I think they do the best job that they can, but I, I think we could do a better job in our state of pushing freestyle and Greco, uh, especially freestyle. Um, and maybe we need to, to do a better job at our club of, of really, you know, making it more interesting I think what happens is you get your higher level kids that are state place winners, 
um, trying to get to that national level. Those kids are really interested in freestyle. If you have kids that are, you know, tr just trying to get to the state tournament or just trying to make it onto the podium, a lot of those guys are really focused on scholastic and, and they get turned off to freestyle. And I, you know, we try to explain to them that freestyle can make you better at scholastic. But I think that it's tough sell sometimes um, when you only have like maybe two, two or three developmental tournaments and you jump right into the states and the Northeast regionals and you're wrestling some of the best competition in the country, a lot of kids are turned off by that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I know people would ask me, I always saved my Fargo picture. Dave Cordoba, what's up? Um, we, I, saved, I saved the picture that I had of, of my Fargo team. And it was like, when parents would ask me, hey, do you think my son should go freestyle? I would just send them the picture. And it was like Mako, yeah. Esposito, Kurt Backus, Matt Valeni. I said, I don't know, what do you, what do you guys think? I think, Dan, I think Dan Hilt was in that picture Dan as well. Hilt? Dan yeah. Hilt was in there. One of our coaches, yeah. Um, That's right. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, Dan is uh, the, uh, I would say, the head assistant coach at uh, Yale Street, the co-founder. Um, and he was in that. I have that picture hanging up in my garage, Gene. Um, he's, that's right. He's, he's in that picture. I, I, I feel like I got Dan Hilt all over my house because he's also on the Rutgers poster. With <laughs> and, and if you watch Law & Order, he's, he's on that as well. So, you know, he's, he has a couple appearances on Law & Order every now and then. And, so. and, and Fox And Foxcatcher. <laughs> and and Foxcatcher. Sure, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I think, you know, we have a couple of kids that are going to Fargo. So we try to, you know, it's good. Team New Jersey has their training uh, geared towards that. So if we're not doing a lot of freestyle in our club at this time, which we're not, they get to do it um, with Team New Jersey. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's more, you know, kids go away on vacation in July. It's more laid back. Uh, there's not as many tournaments going on. So when, when there's not a lot of competitions lined up, it's, it's a nice time to, uh, to improve. I mean, um, we are doing New Way at the end of July, and we're doing Bronx duels coming up in a couple of weeks. Those are dual competitions, but you got a lot of, co you know, a couple of weeks in there where there's no competition. That's, that to me, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is like when you don't have the pressure of competition on and you're just training, that's a great time to, to really work on your game. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we, we see this constantly where it's like a lot of times in August, it's like people just ghost. And it's like, what are you doing? That, this is an opportunity. Okay, now I get it. You, might, you, don't, you don't have to necessarily throttle down in terms of intensity, but, but in terms of getting your workouts in, this is where you could make up ground on someone. This is where, you know, if you're five points better than them, get eight points better than them. If they're two points ahead of you, let's pass them now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, and that, that's even the mat wrestling side of it, like top bottom. I mean, you, you could take the entire month of August since freestyle's over, and you could just really work on top and bottom. You know, that's something I want to start doing. Um, if not, if not in the club, maybe in private settings where we're just going to, let's say legs, let's work legs both on top and on bottom. Let's take the whole month of August and just do that. Cause we work so much on our feet in this sport because you have to, right? I mean, the majority of the, most of the time you're on your feet, you got to work offense, defense, hand fighting, you know, shots from space, all kinds of different things. And then, you know, you, you start to practice off with that. And then before you know it, there's only like, a half hour left and you got to get to mat wrestling and then you got to wrestle live. So I think, you know, I, I heard, I watched an interview one time with the Bassett brothers with Bo Bassett talking about his father and how he used to run their practices. And he said there was one, you know, they would do all Thursdays. Thursday would be all mat wrestling, no feet. I thought that was interesting. And, and I think that uh, I'd like to implement something like that with our club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and also it's, it's to, to, um, one of the ways to improve coordination in wrestling is changing the parameters a little bit, like a Greco, a freestyle, a sumo. 
And like coaches do yeah. that. And a lot of times coaches will do that just to, you know, it, it just works your coordination. Yeah. Yeah. Toe tag, sumo. I like those types of games. You can get better at wrestling. We talked about it with the gymnastics, you know, um, just doing gymnastics, calisthenics. I mean, I, I put my kids in gymnastics um, once a week. They do a private lesson uh, with a coach named Chris Bizib over at Surgeons in, in Roselle Park. And he's, he was a former wrestler. He wrestled in high school. So he knows exactly what we're looking for. And the kids love it. They're having so much fun. And it's like, you're getting better at wrestling. You're not even wrestling, you know. So that, that, that's right, good exactly. for kids, I think. It's like I think of, of Karate Kid. It's like wax on, wax off, and then all of a sudden you're a champ and you didn't yeah. even realize you were practicing. Yeah, right. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. And, and uh, with, the, uh, with the insurgence of uh, Cobra Kai lately, uh, you know, I think more kids can understand that analogy that you brought up. <laughs> Absolutely, if they've even seen the older one. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about a little bit the, the mindset that you have for your athletes. Like, what, do you, what do you tell them before they go out there? What should, what should they be thinking? Or equally important, what shouldn't they be thinking? What do you focus on? Uh, well, we have a lot of kids that use your program, um, and, and that, and that helps a lot. Uh, I've seen, I've seen a lot of improvements on the mat competitively, um, from kids that start working with you guys, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a clear difference. Um, so I, I really appreciate that, uh, because there are a lot of things that, you know, we have to focus on and we're not with these guys every day in, in a club setting. I mean, I coached high school for 12 years. You're with those kids every day. Um, there's a lot more that you can do in that time period and a lot more that you can work on. So in a club setting, you're generally not with the kids every day. You see them. So many other things that need to be worked on, um, especially mindset. And that sometimes gets left, you know, behind because you forget about it. You think about all these other things. So that's why having a program like you guys close by and to have a relationship with you guys where we can talk to you about our athletes is really important. Um, but I, I think, like, the, the, I, I can probably say from my coaching my son this year, and both my sons, um, but going through that process in the state tournament with my son this year, I learned, I learned a lot because people have been telling me for years, oh, wait till your kid's doing it. Wait till your kid's doing it. And, you know, Dominic didn't wrestle. He started wrestling when he was four and a half, and he didn't compete in his first match until right before he turned nine years old. Fast forward two years later, he wins a, a kid state title, um, which, you know, at, at that weight class, at that age group is, is a difficult thing to do. So I was more of a mess. I had to work on my mindset uh, leading up to that because I, I know my son's a competitor. That's the one thing I know about him. And I really feel like I don't have to do anything to make him understand the importance of this situation. What I need to do is he understands the importance of the situation. I need to calm his nerves and, and remind him that we're doing this for fun. And, and that, that's something that is kind of hard to do. So I may need to uh, seek some mindset training from you guys at some point on how to be a, a parent because it, it is being a parent and a coach at the same time, um, it is difficult. And I'm definitely learning as I, as I can through the process. And I think it's making me a better coach with the other athletes in our program too. Absolutely. So the great Dave Carr jumped on this call. And I was thinking of talking about wrestling parents, uh, the great Nate Carr. And, you know, he, and what he told me over at the NCAAs, he said, you know, a lot of wrestlers, they get reps from the neck down. But how many wrestlers are getting reps from the neck up? So and true. It's very, and, and it's very true. And, and you're right. Like, that's, that's a very important point, like you said. Like, for, 
not just the wrestler, but also the coaches and the parents because they're different dynamics. I mean, I, I felt that very, I could see a clear difference when I was, you know, even younger coaching my brothers. That felt totally different than when I was coaching over at Springfield College. There's different emotions that are involved. And like, yeah. and, and it's not like you're just necessarily born with, oh, hey, I know exactly what to say at all these different moments. And then there's the kid's temperament that, that matters too. Yeah, you guys know that. I mean, every kid, every kid's different. You can't approach every kid the same. Um, some kids like to, some kids are so serious that you need to, you need to have them laugh before the match. Some kids don't understand the importance of the situation and you have to remind them, Hey, this is something you got to get up for. You know, like you have to, you have to raise your levels here. And sometimes you need to point that out to kids. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, as coaches, it's important for us to understand the different, you know, dynamics that, that are in the brain for these kids so that we know what motivates them, that we know what they need. And even, um, Thursday night, you and I were, uh, in the room at Rhino with, uh, with Kale. And it was, it was so, so cool to hear him say, you know, my, you know, my, our athletes understand the pressure. Like it's our job to take the pressure off of them. And I, I thought that was a very simple way to put it, but it couldn't be more true, you know? Right. And like he said, he said, the parenting is, is hard. He said, he was saying for him, the coaching was easy. Something the parenting. So it's again, no matter who you are, there's always dynamics. And no one's got, and also it's not like all these variables remain steady the whole time. They're not fixed. They move up and down. Yeah. So it's. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm, as a father, I'm concerned about, you know, obviously the challenges are going to be different as a parent and as a coach, as your kids get older. So that's something that I'm trying to stay on top of because I have to adapt with them. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky that, you know, we have this program and I've been coaching high school kids for so long that I feel like I understand how to communicate with high school kids so that when my kid comes to high school, I think I'll be better equipped for that. But I don't think it ever gets easy. You know, it's, it's always going to be challenging, but that's, um, I think that's what makes, makes it fun. You, you know, like, like Jimmy Dugan said, uh, the hard is what makes it great. You know, that's right. Easy to remember when you got the baseball field behind yeah. you. That's right. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> well, well, we, we we don't, we don't want people to lose sight of the fact that also you're a great competitor. One of the things that I think about your mindset, and we didn't talk about this before, but um, I feel like you were a very decisive wrestler in that you knew your style, you knew your lane, you knew where you wanted to be. Uh, talk about talk about that a little bit. Like, how do you, you know, I, I know who I am. I know the kind of wrestler I am. At this, and at the same time, being coachable where it's not stubborn. And I know it could be a fine line, but like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of wrestlers who are very good that I feel like, they don't necessarily, they're not comfortable with who they are. They're wondering like, well, how do I wrestle? Does that make sense a little bit? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, you know, one of the coaches on our staff, Pete Teresa, he was a state place runner for New Providence High School and he wrestled for Duke. Uh, very smart, very smart kid. Um, he, he often brings up the playbook, uh, how the NFL, you know, football team has a playbook and you have to study that playbook and get to learn the plays. Well, as wrestlers, we should have our own playbook and realize, and Kale talks about it too all the time, about know the positions, David Taylor talks about, know the positions that you're good at and try to get to those positions. Um, I think that that's important. And as coaches, we don't spend enough time uh, going over each individual's playbook and what can make them better. Like I knew that I was you know, better in space when I was a wrestler. So my hand fight was just to survive, to get your mind off of my low sink. I wanted to get your mind off of that. So I would hand fight with you and pass you and snap and just try to survive in the hand fight. And then on the break, I'd be looking for my shot. Um, and, 
and and I also you know I was pretty good underneath in a front headlock. I would I wouldn't advise people to do that. <laughs> like I wouldn't say, hey, you want to get stuck underneath here. But I had a pretty good series when I was underneath, and I try to teach that to everybody just so they have something if they get stuck there. But again, like that's understanding where you're good at and where you want to be. Um, and you know, I try to give I try to give our athletes something from each position, but everybody's really good at different positions. So we have to, we have to, you know, coach each kid differently for where they're good at. But the, the idea of having a playbook for each wrestler, I think is, is a good idea for, for coaches, but even for the kids, more importantly for the kids, because as coaches, we have so many kids that we have to, you know, think about as an athlete, you only really need to concentrate on yourself. Right. Right. No, it's true. And, and, and how do you do that other than just, I mean, it takes time talking to the kid and like going through that and just, and knowing in your head, double jointed wizard. That, that, that was, that was not in my playbook, Dave. <laughs> no, no, but it's, but you know, it's, it's funny because our, when we're in like, whatever your style is, it's going to lend itself to certain situations. Like as a low single guy, or I tried to be a low single guy. You got to be good underneath from a front headlock because yeah. you're going to be there a lot. You're going to yeah. be there. Whereas Definitely. other guys might never be. Like, whereas, like, when you watch Kale's style, it's like, I don't know how much, you know, he's, he's over the top of the guy the whole time. Yeah. The time is now to take your mindset to the next level with Wrestling Mindset. Make sure you go to our website, WrestlingMindset.com, and sign up for your free trial session today. Don't wait any longer. You want the mental edge right now. When you sign up for the free trial session, you're also going to get a copy of our free ebook. Building the Predator Mindset. This book has helped thousands of people build confidence, relax under pressure, get motivated, and build mental toughness in wrestling, school, and life. Make sure you sign up for your free trial session today. But the shorter guy, the shorter guy is a little bit different than the taller guy. And you got to, the point is, you don't want to be, you, you got to be open, you got to learn, but you also have to be comfortable in your skin, know who you are, and mm -hmm. develop you. You know? I agree. I agree. I mean, I was never a single leg guy. You know, I, I didn't shoot a lot of single legs. I think you were the same. I was high crotch, duck under, low single. Um, but, you know, I, I would be in practice and we'd be, you know, just drilling single legs. And I remember saying to myself, like, what am I doing this for? I'm not going to be shooting single legs. And that's why as a coach, you know, back then it was different. Um, the sport has evolved a lot. Um, I, as a coach, I, I try to give the kids uh, – um, options like okay if you don't want to just if you don't want to drill singles let's drill uh low singles or or you know or high you know if you want if you want to do uh high crotches head outside we can count that as a single because you're attacking one leg you know just kind of stuff like that whereas i give my athletes i want to make them think about what they know and what they're good at because when they go out on the match yeah i, I can be in the corner coaching them but i don't have a joystick to control them the, everything's in their head and they need to know what their number one, number two, and number three attacks are, you know? They have to have a, a, an understanding of that. If I, if I know what it is, that's great, but I need to be able to get them to understand what it is. Exactly, and especially for anyone watching us, we're talking about especially as you get more serious about the sport and you've been doing it for a period of time and you've, had, you've tried different techniques and now you're starting to find yourself, you've had at least some sort of success in other words, we don't want kids right away to just say, oh, I'm just going to stick with one move who's like a first or second year wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that also leads to the argument. I mean, it made me think about, um, you know, hitting things to both sides. Like there's there's two different um, camps on that. You know, uh, one one would say, why get really good at 
two sides when you can get great at one side, which I understand that. Um, but when it comes to my kids, I'm always like, listen, you're hitting high crotches to both sides. You're hitting single legs to both sides. I just, I feel that it's important for them to get comfortable and, and get confident with doing things to both sides. I don't make other kids do that because, you know, other kids may have, you know, they may come from a wrestling family or, or have other coaches that feel differently. So I wouldn't force that upon anyone, but that's a whole, that's where we get into the philosophy of coaching and, and how things are different. I personally would rather have somebody be, I want my children to be able to hit things on both sides. Like you never know when your head's going to be on the outside on the other side, you know? Right. And also, again, remember, we're still, even though they're very good, your kids, they're still young. So yeah. They're still developing. Like yeah. maybe by the time you get to, maybe by the time they're in high school, they're not like, like maybe they're only hitting that sleep single on one side. Then maybe it's not as much, but at a, at a younger age, why, why not? Right. I, I, I agree. It's, it might be harder for a high school kid to develop that skill to the other side. So, you know, you can't, that's why I try not to force it. But I do say, I do, I do say when we're going over defense, you have to train defense to both sides. Oh yeah. That's non-negotiable because I don't, think everybody, I don't think everybody does that. I, I, I don't think everybody does that. Yeah, that would be, that would be missing the, the boat pretty severely because it's like, you got, you got two legs, guy could get in on the one leg and then what, and then what happens? Yeah. Like we're drilling, we're drilling high crash counters. Everybody's shooting a high crash to this side. As the guy who's working on the defense, I need you to get in on the other side. I need you to get in on the other side. We need, I need to work my defense on both sides. That's what I want. That's kind of what I want to instill in our kids. You know, you have to be able to defend single head in, single head out, low single, under hooks. You got to be able to defend both sides, legs, you know, that type of stuff. Right, because like you said, as you're, you're getting the wheels turned in my head where, like you said, it's, it's not just defending a single to the left side. It's head inside, head outside high medium low at the angle it's like you might be from like i counter legs pretty well weird side except once he goes cross body then against the better guys i'm getting rode a little bit it's like well uh -huh. that you know it's yeah. not good enough to be halfway good you got to be able to defend both sides each position yeah yeah i so mean I'll that 100 percent um and then gene you know this could kind of segue us th this could kind of segue us into the um into the whole counter and legs uh and bottom mentality that i know you and i have the same approach to um i was just talking to the to the class the other night and we have we have a lot of kids now we have about 50 60 kids in the room and a, a lot of new faces and i made sure i i got my point across to them i uh talking about uh bottom right bottom mentality how many times do you hear people say Bottom wrestling is a mentality all, all the time. time. I hear that all the time. All the time. Okay. So, so what are you doing to that mentality every time you decide not to choose bottom or every time that you make the decision to go somewhere else, when you've, you've put it in your head that you justified why you shouldn't pick bottom, you're crushing that mentality, crushing it. And I see it happening all the time. My children, okay, my kids are 11 and 8. They have never picked anything other than bottom. There's no other choice in our house. Um, you're not gonna come, we're not gonna come off the mat going, geez, uh, we should have picked neutral there. No, if you can't pick bottom, you gotta get better on bottom. Like you're not, you're, if you can't get out on bottom, you're not gonna, in my opinion, I think a lot of people share this opinion, you're not gonna win big, big matches and big tournaments. If you look at the NCAA finals, almost everybody, if not everybody picks bottom. So that's where I stand on that. And I've had kids come to us 
And, you know, when they first joined our club, their parents were like, well, you know, he's, he's really bad on bottom. And I'm like, well, first of all, stop saying that because that's <laughs> going to contribute to him not being good on bottom. And, you know, every time that he wrestles, we're going to put him down. And a, a year from now, he's going to be better on bottom. That's the way that works. Right. And there's definitely something to be said for that. Like, you need to get that mentality. I mean, I think about, you know, you, you just have to believe you. And then, you know, you get better at it. And then you believe you can't get road. I mean, I think about Molinero got to, in the NCAA finals, got taken down by Kyle Dakin, like the first 10 seconds. Then he got road for 250. And then he still chose bottom. And it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. There's, yeah. there's strategy. There, yes, of course, there's strategy involved at the higher levels. But on the other hand, where's the mentality? And that's why the guy's an Olymp That's why the guy was an Olympian. I mean, overachieving yes. at every level because he's like, you know what? I don't care. You rode me for 250. I'll get, I'll get out. And even if he yes. got rode the two minutes, like the mentality was there and no one could deny he was very good on bottom. Yeah. So it's like, it happens every now and then you get burned, but whatever. Well, I love too. I love the, I love the neutral choice. Like yeah. you're getting smoked on your feet too. Like where, where, you know, I mean, how many times have, you know, you might pick bottom. The guy's probably, he's probably going to cut you because he wants to take you down. So picking neutral, I mean, picking neutral doesn't make sense a lot either because, all right, let's say we're down two nothing. The guy took us down in the first period and he wrote us. And you pick neutral now. Well, now, you know, if you give up a takedown, you're, you're still on bottom, but you're down two more points than you would have been before the period started. So there, there's a lot of times where that doesn't make sense either. Listen, I get it. If you're wrestling a Spencer Lee and you don't want to go down, I, I, I know that there's exceptions for that. Um, but in most, in most cases, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people avoid the bottom position just because, and I think it's damaging to the mentality. Absolutely. I mean, I saw Bo Bassett jump, just jumped on. He, he's going to be on the show sometime. We were just talking about you, Bo. We're saying good things. But um, I, yeah. I would assume that's not the machine gun mindset. Give us a thumbs up if that's the case to be avoiding positions to, um, you know, avoiding positions. How are you going to get any better? So I, I like that mentality. Now, what, what do you think about deferring versus, versus taking the choice? What's your take Bro, on that? I, I, love this, I love this discussion, Gene. Um, I love this, this topic. I know there's going to be a lot of coaches that disagree with me on this, but what is your technical reason for deferring? Give me the technical reason for deferring. Um, if you tell me that, here's my reason. If I have a kid that's really good on top, I'm okay with deferring because then that guy's going to pick bottom and we're going to get to work on top and then we can pick bottom in the third. But if you tell me that you defer because you want choice in the third period, I don't know if I can accept that as a technical reason for a couple of reasons. Number one, the match may not get to the third period. That's always a possibility. So that's number one. Number two, if you know you're really good on bottom, why don't we want to get there as early as possible? I want to get there as early as possible. I want to get to that position so I can get my points and build momentum. I just don't think that we, in wrestling for some reason, we don't give momentum the respect that it deserves. Momentum is so powerful in sports. And once you get that ball rolling and those points start scoring, momentum can be great when it's on your side. It can also be terrible when it's working against you. So I think that um, for me, like, I, I would defer as a coach if I have a kid who's really good on top. And then you get to the argument, well, what's really good on top? Well, really good on top is a guaranteed ride out, possible turn. That's really good on top. And I don't know how many kids we have that are there yet. So I, I also I also think managing matches like in high school, you have all these situations where these kids are you go out, take a kid down in 10 seconds, and then you're trying to arm bar them and pin them for the entire first period. And then maybe you do. 
my, my, my thing is I want to develop the game. Let's work on our game. If you take your kid down in 15 seconds, let him up, take him down again. If you take him down again easily, let him up, take him down again. Finish the period on top, go into the second period. You know you're going to be on bottom because if you win the coin flip, you're going to pick bottom. If he wins the coin flip, he's probably going to defer because that's what everybody does. And you know you're going to get the choice and you're going to get to work on bottom. It's a win-win. If you go into the second period in a match like that, you're going to get work on your feet. You're also going to get work on bottom. Uh, yeah. I, I, I agree. I, and I have a pretty strong take on it. My dad and I used to argue over this when I was in college. He would get mad at me because I wouldn't defer. And I said, listen, if I'm winning, I want to, I want to start building the lead because if I'm, up by t if I'm up by two and I get out, now I'm up by three, I get a takedown, it's 5-0. If I'm so, losing, so. I'm down 2-0. I want to get the one. Now I get, a t now I get a score and I win. So, I mean, and I feel like – and I talked to Matt Bellini about this too, and he agreed with that also, that he's like he likes to either build the lead or close the gap on the lead. Yeah. And I mean, my, and I think my mentality is consistent across sports. If I'm playing football, I don't defer. I want the ball. What's yeah. that saying to your? What's that saying about your offense? Oh, we get the choice. We're gonna kick it to you. Uh, you know, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I played some baseball. I wasn't a serious baseball player, but I want to be up first. If I'm running a real, if I'm designing a relay race team, I want, I don't, I don't like putting my anchors last because if we're losing a race, our, our anchors might not even matter. It might not even make a difference. I want to put my fastest guys up first, and I want to blow them out. I want to demoralize the other team. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I, if I was running, I wouldn't want to be trailing. I get it. Like there's like trailing behind the other guy with the wind. I'd rather, I'd rather smoke them and put them away. I mean, that's just, I don't know, I guess that's maybe just my mindset. You know, there's, no. like you said, there's exceptions. Yeah. That's what I'm there's yeah. There's exceptions, but I think a lot of people like overthink it and, and overcoach it. A lot of coaches think, well, they, they try to over strategize, you know, and when you do that, you're not, you think, think about the overall development of the athlete, what, what's important. And, and that's getting him confident in the bottom position, you know? And um, I mean, think about the match you just talked about. If you're, if you're up two nothing and you defer, now that kid picks bottom, he gets out, it's two to one. That's anybody's match. If you pick bottom, if you're up two nothing and you pick bottom, now you're up three nothing. Um, he may be forcing bad shots at this point, which may be even easier to get another takedown. It's a completely different match. Uh, and we're talking about bottom wrestling. I have to talk about reversals. Um, we, at, at Yale Street, we, we teach a lot of reversals. I don't see a lot of other um, programs doing that. I, I see that everybody always, you know, everybody I see is always talking about working for an escape, work for an escape, work for an escape. And I'm, I believe in stand-ups, obviously, Grambies, knee slides, changeovers, sit-outs. 100%, you have to be able to get your one. But we teach a lot of reversals, too. And I feel like the reversal and moves that, that, um, moves that can give you reversals are not taught as much and not encouraged as much. And I don't know why. I think it's from a mathematical standpoint, and I'm no, I'm no uh, you know, mathematician. I was not very great in math. But two points is more than one point, right? Last time I checked, two is more than one. Why are we not encouraging to go after two more? You know, and, and the other thing I would say is from the opposing coach's standpoint, what do you hear opposing coaches say all the time? When Give up on one, top? but not two. One, not two. If they're so afraid of two, why aren't more people trying to get two? You know? Right. It's a, it's a good point. And I remember even at Rutgers, Schulman used to say this a lot. He's like, right, if you take me down, he's got to just reverse you. And it's like nothing happens. He Shulman wasn't, was he, never, he never said. Yeah, he was he good. Was he was great on top yeah. bottom. And he was a guy like, remember now, Schulman was coming from the mentality of being over at Syracuse training with Gene Mills. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about 
masterful top. performances on top bottom here. Yes, one of the best top wrestlers ever. But yeah, it's think- still all about going for reversals. I feel like Dake got a lot of reversals. Taylor got a lot of reversals. Good guys yep. get reversals. Yeah. I, I, I think, honestly, I think that it's, a, it's almost like a lost art. I think a lot of people just maybe don't know how to teach a lot of those moves because they weren't taught those moves coming up. And, you know, I was fortunate to, uh, to be um, introduced to coaches like um, Rick Iacono and Freddie Stuber when I was younger, and those guys were old school. I mean, they were teaching things that the Peterson brothers were doing, and I was fortunate to be in the room with those guys, and, um, and I learned a lot from them, and I kind of developed some other stuff on my own, and now we've implemented this tripod series and um, the lobster series that we're doing, and, you know, when I started doing I had a lot of success with it. I, I joke, man, at the NCAAs my, my freshman year, I, I went to the blood round. I scored the majority of my points on bottom. I hate to say it, but... I mean, guys were really good on top, and they played right into my game, and I got a lot of reversals to their back. And when I came out and started coaching, a lot of a lot of other coaches were, I don't know if it was they were intimidated by it or they didn't believe in it, but they were like, listen, you can't teach kids to do what you did. Um, and I said, all right, maybe I can't, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrestle with guys, and they're going to feel what I do. And, you know, um, Shane Mallory, Jesse Harrington, Pete Teresa, you know, those early on, those were the guys that, that were executing the stuff that I was able to do on bottom. And then, and we started to, I started to really learn how to teach it better. And then you have guys like Blake Bonner, John Posnanski, even Logan Waddle this year had a big reversal in the state quarterfinals to win that match against McGinty. Um, and that reversal was huge for that match. So, you know, you, you've got guys like that that are doing it. And I think now we've proven, you know, we can get, we can get anybody to do this system as long as they believe in it and buy into it. Yeah. And that's, that's an important point you said too that i don't want to go on un- unemphasized that like you said you you did it to them and they th- and, and there's a lot of learning that can that can be done by just feeling certain positions you know if Definitely. you're in there you're actually doing you're, you're doing that like you actually have to get in mat wrestle like how people play wrestle on their feet you got to play wrestle on the mat too mm-hmm. for reversals yeah. where the guy kind of gives you a little bit of this uh, maybe gives you this side, maybe gives you that side. That's how you're going to learn. It's not just like most time we think like flow wrestling or play wrestling. We're sparring. We're thinking on our feet. But there's a lot to be said for that, that on top bottom too. Yeah, I, even more so, I think, Gene. Like those types of things, like you'd probably get more out of out of play wrestling with them than you do drilling them just because you'll feel the reactions from the top guy. So, I mean, we, we're trying to do that. We're trying to implement more play wrestling on the mat in our program just to get people to, to have a, a, get a feel for that position. Um, it is a position we've had a lot of kids have success in. So we're, we're going to keep doing it and, and keep working on it. But at the same time, it's very important that we emphasize to the kids, you have to learn to take your one when it's there. You know, if a guy's not giving you a lot of forward pressure and you can stand up and fight hands and get one, by all means, stand up and, and fight hands and get one. Don't hang out on bottom waiting right. to get a reversal, right? Yep, that, that is always the – yeah, right. That's, that's, always, that's always the temptation. Once you get good at reversing, you're looking for the reversal and mm-hmm. then sometimes get, getting lazy. So it, it, it is always that balance, right? Yeah. Oh, man. That, that's awesome. So many good things we covered. <laughs> I know, dude. We could talk forever, bro. Like, I mean, we, we, yeah. we've, we have in the past, and, and I know that we um, – that for me, one of the most frustrating things as a coach is trying to work through – that negative mentality on these things, you know, leg counters too. another thing, like, you know, I, I always hear coaches say to kids, like, 
Don't, you know, don't let the leg in. You know the leg's coming. Don't let the leg in. And I understand that mentality, but I don't say that because I know that if you're wrestling a good leg rider, the chances of that leg coming in are very high. <laughs> Even if you're trying to not let it in, it's a good chance at some point it's going to get in. And my thing is I want, I want you to want that leg in. I want you to look at that as a, as a scoring opportunity. Um, and you watch, you know, that the uh, Taylor Dake documentary um, where, where David Taylor was like, I wanted him to throw a leg in. And Kyle Dake knew that he couldn't he throw knew a leg it. in. <laughs> he was like, I knew, I knew he's like, he's like, and he almost got me with it too. It's like, because when you, when you get that feel and how to just like kind of give him that window where you pivot your foot, yeah. it's so tempting for, it's so tempting for guys. Uh, I remember if, if you remember, um, Chris Ressa back at Rutgers, NCAA qualifier, state finalist. I mean, he was at, yeah. at, at a certain, at a certain point, he was, um, he was, um, struggling with leg counters as we all do from time to time. And, um, and Cassidy, who is like working with him all the time, he said he, he's not even allowed to wrestle on his feet. He's got to start live from the guy having the leg on him before <laughs> he even got. So it's, so it's like, right, Sachi would be like, get, it's, get ready to go on your feet. And the Cassidy would look at wrestling. He's like, you're down. So now imagine you're Chris Ressa. You get, it's bad enough that you're wrestling Andy Roy. Now yeah. you got to go down. With a leg in. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that is, again, a mentality. Like when you, when you approach that and you, you say, okay, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to this leg coming in. I'm going to try to score here. Instead of right. thinking out of fear, like, oh, no, the leg came in. What am I going to do now? That's all the mindset, right, Gene? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. The, the, good, the good guys, they, they, they know they want it to happen. They, and they have a plan. That's what we were saying before. It's like they have a plan. If the leg comes in, it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm not prepared for this. I've worked this over and over. So there's been technical practice and there's been mental practice where you say, okay, I know where, you know, this is what I'm going to be telling myself if the, if the leg comes in. So technically, so I'm go, basically I'm going to Yale street to learn what technically to do when that leg comes in. How do I, how do I, how do I set it up? How do I, how do I finish? How do I score from there? How do I put them to my back? And you're going to wrestling mindset to say, okay, well, how am I, what am I thinking? What am I telling myself? It's doing both. It's it's never either or. It's technique and it's technique and it's mind. Then it's the strength. Then it's the conditioning. It's being the total package, which takes a lot of time. It does. I mean, you guys you guys see it in your line of work. How probably how hard it is to to change someone's mindset. Um, and I see it as a coach. And you see it. In, it it has an effect. It has an impact on their technique. The mindset has an impact on your technique. You're doing all this work on your technique, and if you're not believing in that technique and you're not believing in your coaching and you're not believing in your training then the technique's not going to be that good yeah you got to be you got to be firing on all cylinders and just bottom line is not leaving anything to chance it's got to be doing a, you got to be doing a lot of wrestling a lot of conditioning a lot of mindset nutrition rest and recovery the whole thing yeah oh donnie awesome we could talk all day we should we should make this an every now and then thing because we got we got a lot to talk i about. would love that gene we should we could set topics aside i mean let me know what day you know we could maybe do this like every uh yeah. tuesday or thursday or whatever let me know we'll, I'm, I'm definitely down with that especially now, especially now in the off season as if there is an off season but you know that not in in season yeah we, yeah we got we got a little bit more time we could do some stuff so and yeah great stuff donnie i appreciate it thanks for jumping on all right gene thank you man thanks for having me all right all right take care see you 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.